Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brian Pirosi podcast. My name is Brian Pirosi. I'm here in Ibiza, Spain, and we are asking the question, "What is Tantra?" And uh, this is a series that I'm doing, exploring the question, "What is Tantra?" Uh, it's a word that's used a lot of different ways, and people have a lot of different meanings and definitions to what it means. So, we're asking uh, people that I have great admiration and respect for, and Right now, I have a longtime friend of mine, Tantra teacher Monique Darling, is with me in person. Hello, everyone. Hi, Monique. Hi, Brian. How you doing? Fantastic. We're having a great time here in Ibiza. We had fun last night at a an event, and we've been hanging out and getting some beach time, and all very tantric. <laughs> all very tantric, exploring uh, uh, some co creations that you'll hear more about soon, but. Um, Let's start off with the big question for you, Monique. What is Tantra? Well, my definition is it's the path of falling in love with yourself. Like I grew up not being able to be myself at all. Mm -hmm. And I was told everything about me was wrong. Mm -hmm. And so when I discovered Tantra, then I realized, wow, this is a path that gives you permission Mm -hmm. to be anything and be anyone. And as I've refined like the journey further and further for myself and what I want to offer other people, it's really that space of be whoever you are and fall in love and be that absolutely. Mm. And you've had like a pretty amazing life. Right? From like where you started <laughs> yes. to where you are now. So tell us about your life. You, you grew up in Utah in a Mormon family. I did. So I, uh, my whole family was raised Mormon. And uh, Mormonism is very deep into fear and shame and being you have to be this particular thing if mm-hmm. you want to meet God again. And like that was the pieces from my earliest memories is I could remember making love to God. Like I could see Jesus sitting in front of me. Like I had all of these experiences Mm -hmm. that whenever I talk about it, they're like, what's wrong with you? Like Mm -hmm. these are of the devil. These are not okay. And so I learned very early on to hide all these aspects that later I found out were these unique gifts. And at the time that I just felt like, what's wrong with me? I don't belong in this world. I don't belong on this planet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that was, there was this burning thing inside of my soul that I did. So luckily I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my, what took me from there to here, like my first step was cuddle party. And mm. I was starting to go to L.A. for conventions and mm-hmm. helping with the autograph lines and of my favorite like movie stars and TV mm. stars. And I realized later what drew me to them was because they were the people closest living to their soul purpose that mm. I'd met. And like everyone else was pretending and hiding. And these guys were just like, hey, look at me. <laughs> and it's okay. And uh, someone said, hey, have you ever seen this? I had developed my own cuddle party not knowing that that existed of a space where people could be intimate and connect without sex being on the table and so they sent me this clip and I go wow there's other people like me on this planet and I found out there was a cuddle party by my house a couple of days later and so I bought some pajamas and I showed up and now I've led almost 800 cuddle parties around the world wow (laughs) amazing and was it hard for you to make this shift from growing up with your family and the area you were around? Like, how did you make that shift? What What was the was it, was it difficult to make that shift to cuddle parties and the things that you've you've discovered and explored from there? Mm-hmm. There's two different answers. I could say yes. Mm-hmm. It was very complicated mm-hmm. at the time. It felt very hard. Uh, my mm-hmm. family disowned me mm-hmm. for many years, and I didn't know if they were ever going to to take me back. And uh, 
But at the same time, it was finally a space where I could start expanding and making space for myself and celebrating me and finding my own worth. And, and so it, was it difficult? Yes, but it was so worth it. And mm. there was something inside that just kept saying, go, go further. And I actually drove from uh, my home in St. George, Utah, like the southern part of Utah, to San Diego once a month for three years mm. because I knew there was something there. Because from Cuddle Party, then the founder, Reed Mahalko, introduced me to Kamala in San Diego and said that she's the San Diego's one of the largest tantra communities in the whole US. Mm-hmm. So I got to go and, and I sat watching these people that would step up on stage and make fun of themselves and like their deepest awakenings and their deepest sexual shames and all of these things that I carried my whole life of feeling like there's something wrong with me because I wanted to explore anal sex or I wanted to explore like these different things. They're like, oh, what's wrong with you? And mm-hmm. all these people are on stage saying, oh, guess what? I, I put a vacuum up my ass. So I did this and they laughed at themselves uh-huh. and it was just unreal to me. Uh-huh. So it, it took a lot of determination and it took, but even that was the path of me starting to say yes to me, uh-huh. my path. Uh-huh. And it feels like the rec- there's this recognition that your own innate desires or your own unique path is a spiritual path, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So how does that work? Like how does that how does that how does that realization come in to being? So one thing about the Mormon religion is mm-hmm. there's a lot of rituals mm-hmm. and that piece is carried over even though I've long since left that faith. Mm-hmm. And so my work around Tantra has a lot to do with rituals. And mm. for me, then the ritual keeps on bringing you back to these reference points. Like they anchor these points inside mm. of your body. So just smelling a rose, then all of a sudden your body could be really open and juicy because you sprinkled rose petals the last 18 times you made love. Or like whatever the pieces are, as you start doing them over and over and over again, then it's making these new neural pathways. Mm-hmm. So then you can drop into relaxation. You can drop into sexiness. You can drop into mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're wanting to create more mm-hmm. of in your life. Mm-hmm. And so I love that one of the rituals I do is the art of adoration. And it's offering people the opportunity to really sit back and know that they can receive. And then at the end of that puja, they actually feel like I'm worthy just because I am. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do anything or right. add value. And, right. And that's the greatest gift of Tantra is you don't. You can't be better. You're, you're, we're all born perfect. And yeah. it's just all the ideas and heaps of things that get uh-huh. placed on us. That, that make us think that we're not. So your message is like loving yourself exactly as you are. Yes. You don't have to do anything particular, get any place to be spiritual, to be holy, or to be with God. You're spiritual now, you're holy now, yes. this moment is sacred, God is with you now and always with you. God's celebrating us for exactly who we are. <laughs> right. And then you can still spiritually bypass with this path too, because you can just say, oh yeah, well, I'm just fine. I don't need to work out. I don't need to go do any mm, of these things. Right. And then I've seen that too, or I'm just yeah. going to have sex with everybody, or I'm yeah. going to do, and, and, and that's okay. Like if you're having fun, great, go do mm. those things. Yeah. But there, when, when you take this down to the, the essence of mm. falling in love with yourself, then you actually want to eat better. You want yeah. to work out. You yeah. want to sleep. You want to self-care yeah. because that's what loving you is all about. Mm. It's powerful. Mm. And so you, so then you, 
how did you, you, you started doing the cuddle? So tell us about what a cuddle party is. So cuddle parties are a boundary and consent workshop mm-hmm. that help you start like celebrating your nose mm-hmm. because so many of us have felt like, oh no, I'm going to disappoint someone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hurt someone's feelings. No is a bad word. Mm-hmm. And, and cuddle parties give you back the gift that no is the greatest gift mm-hmm. on this planet. Yeah. Because when you can trust someone's no, that's when you can actually trust their yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then, then you, you practice, there's these 11 rules that everybody gets on the same page, and then you have two hours to get to practice asking for what you want and saying no to everything else, all with your clothes on, like it's yeah. completely yeah. innocent. And that's yeah. another thing is a lot of people have collapsed sex and touch, and so Cuddle Party takes the two apart and give you an opportunity to touch just for touch's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, that, that yes and the no, like getting in touch with your yeses and your nos, is something really valuable that that you share um i attended one year at least one maybe i think more than one your cuddle parties and uh it's like i think all your events kind of have that like you really make it clear about yes and no and really honor what's yes and no and you're and so you start to realize that you can live your life that way yes you know absolutely. And it's kind of like becomes like choose your own adventure you know and so you're saying People are asking you things and you can say yes or you're saying yes or no, what feels right for you with what they're asking you. And then you're, you're technically what feels yes or no for yourself and, and turn to them. And it's like, yeah, if we just lived our lives that way, um, which requires, I think, a certain level of presence to get in touch with what's mm-hmm. yes and no. So you're back um, in Tantra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then so then, then you, just the whole other level of how to live your life opens up, mm-hmm. right, which is you have a phrase that you and Peter use, which is everyday Tantra, mm-hmm. right? So I think a lot of people, when they first hear about Tantra, they think it's about sex, mm-hmm. you know? But I think, as I've been discovering, it's just, it's about a way of life. Correct. It's like a way of living your life. So talk, talk about that. Well, if here's the piece, <laughs> is that sex is a part of Tantra. Yes. But if you go straight to sexuality, you're bypassing all of these other gifts mm-hmm. that Tantra has to give you. Yeah. And what Tantra teaches you is that sex is natural and it's already there. Just mm-hmm. like your being is yeah. like your, your, the perfection of your being is already yeah. there. Yeah. So if you get all the stuff out of the way of what's stopping you from having a fantastic sex life, the sex is there. <laughs> so if every single day you're doing these practices of, of smiling and taking care care of your uh-huh. body and taking care of your relationships and like yeah. saying what's not being said yeah then all of a sudden there's all this space that mm-hmm. then you're with a loved one then you're like oh let's connect like there's this beauty of, of yeah. the spaciousness for the ability to do that yeah and so all all the books and all the all the the stories in people's heads of oh tantra is all about these techniques of yeah. being the perfect lover you're already the perfect lover if you can come back to who you are mm. and you're present in this moment so then your bodies get to dance that's such an important message. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that people have so many ideas about um, what they're supposed to do when they're in the bedroom and how they're supposed to make things happen, what they're not supposed to do and how they're supposed to, you know, what's good and what's not, how to, how to um, perform and not to perform and all these things, right? And it's almost like, the way it seems to me is people go into Tantra with those ideas mm-hmm. and they leave with all of those things like stripped away. Exactly. Just, just loving. Tantra strips away everything <laughs> except for who you are. It's like a total paradox, you know? And it, but then the paradox is then that actually does make you a great lover because mm-hmm. you love yourself and you're, you're, you're at home in your own self. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's really powerful to open that place together. And you have a, a, a partner. Mm-hmm. How long have you been together now, you and Peter? Almost five years. So how has this affected your own personal life, these, these openings and these teachings? And... Well, it's, 
there's just deeper and deeper levels of intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so the more that we're really willing to be ourselves and allow mm-hmm. the other person to see, mm-hmm. and at the same time celebrate the other person's differences. Because yeah. I find the longer that you're in relationship, then you start finding these things that may have seemed adorable or, or mm-hmm. you've overlooked at the beginning of the relationship yeah. that start showing up. And those can actually be your greatest teachers and your greatest intimacy builders if you're able to be vulnerable enough to say, hey, I, I'd really like to be met here. Or I'd really like you to show this aspect of yourself instead of blaming, shaming, like what's wrong with you? Why don't you just change? And instead of being able to open to what what is this? Why am I being triggered? Like, yeah. what's happening inside of me and coming back to yourself? And then you start creating this super deep level of trust and intimacy so you can keep showing up and being held and being seen. Awesome. What about um, jealousy and possessiveness or things people really struggle with mm-hmm. in relationships? And what do you see, like... Embrace it. <laughs> Enjoy the jealousy. Like jealousy's been one of the. I I was one of the people that I didn't experience jealousy because I was in open relationships for a long time before mm-hmm. meeting Peter. Had eight lovers. Mm-hmm. I was traveling around the world, being with yeah. all these different people. Yep. Not not one single drop of jealousy. And then six months into being with Peter, all of a sudden he's like, "Hey, I want to go be alone with this girl that we'd had a threesome with." And I'm like. It felt like this cow kicked me in the stomach. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, ah, but I'm not jealous. And so I had to go through my own like crisis of faith or, mm-hmm. or whatever the piece was. And when I got to the other side, then I realized jealousy, again, is one of our greatest teachers. Mm-hmm. And so the women that I've been the most jealous with, I actually went and sat and said, hey, do you have bandwidth? Can I share with you? Mm-hmm. And on the other side, we've become the best of friends. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Beautiful. And what what other advice do you have for... People are in a relationship and they may be struggling. And like, what what's mm-hmm. like something, some common things that you find are challenges for people that? Well, you were you were saying that everybody wants to be able to be a better lover. Yeah. And so the two greatest tips of advice I can offer are curiosity and drop mm. the agenda. Because if you can be curious and look at your partner with new eyes, look at their yeah. body with new eyes, yeah. and just in every moment. Who are you right now? Yeah. Because every breath, we're a new human being. Yeah. Like every seven years, our body's brand yeah. new and all of our cells, like we're new people. Yeah. But in each breath, there's a brand new person sitting in front of you. And so if you can actually allow that, yes, everything's happened and everything's to come. But right now, who are you? Then uh-huh. you can discover this whole new landscape in each moment of being together. And then if you drop the agendas of, oh, we got a climax, we have to do this, we have 20 minutes for sex, uh-huh. we, like whatever pieces that, that you're expecting, mm-hmm. if you can drop that and just meet from that newness, then all these amazing things start happening. Love and, it. Mm-hmm. Love that. So let's talk about uh, boundaries. Boundaries is like a thing that people talk a lot about mm-hmm. as far as relationships. And what, what is, like, what do you, how does that work? Boundaries and like, I guess, like... Do you think it's important? Absolutely. But most of the misconception around boundaries is that people think that boundaries are to keep people away. Like we're putting these boundaries up. We're saying, no, no, no. And like you're this karate guy because you're starting to lose your voice or you're starting Uh to gain your voice. And so like that's how I always imagine that you're this ninja and you're like, no, no. And punching the other person. And it's not like that at all. Your your boundaries actually creating this oasis of what works for you so that then you can invite people in and you can let them know, hey, here's the space. This is where my no is. And so Mm. inside of that space is your hell yes. And so if someone else is coming to you and they have a clearly defined no also, then you can find where your hell yeses are and where you can be sustainably like awesome and stunning with each other. 
Yeah, that's powerful for me because I, I've, I've struggled with the boundary thing because um, I had this huge spiritual awakening of oneness, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like, boundaries? Well, boundaries, there's no such thing as everything is just one. There's no such thing. Boundaries, there's no separation. Everything is... But, but you're still in this body, right? Right, but the way you described it is different. It's like, I love that. So it's not keeping something out. Mm-hmm. It's actually creating the space to allow Invite things me. in. Yes. Yeah, and, that, and that's really... It's like... Um, it's like playing a game, right? Like mm-hmm. if you like, uh, you, know, you have to have a if it's basketball. You have to have a court. Yep. Also, you can't play the game. But if, so now we can really play together if we have our court, and this is the boundary line. And but if we don't have that, then there's nothing we can we can't play the game. Right. So or it'll be a lot harder. Yeah, that's a really powerful distinction of that. This this is this is to keep the um, keep keep things inside as opposed to pushing things outside. And for me, too, I've realized that it's creating your own oasis. Like when mm-hmm. you're creating boundaries, then you're creating a big, huge yes for you. And yeah. so then your body can actually relax. Yeah. And you start having all the things that you wished your parents would have given you, yeah. you wish partners would give you. And so then there's this level of in your nervous system that you can actually meet other people from inside of you instead of from that reactive space. Mm. And um, well, I think one thing that's shifting, too, in the collective is there was a sense of if you're in a relationship, there's only one kind of boundary. It's just, you know, this cookie cutter. Everyone has mm-hmm. the same kind of relationship. If you don't have a relationship, it's wrong, you know? <laughs> and you're, I think you're really kind of pioneering that everybody has their unique relationship and they create their boundaries of what works for them themselves. So everyone has their own unique boundaries, right? Like right. they create their own unique boundaries. Yeah. And that's something that you kind of, I feel like you, you help people with as far as like getting in touch with themselves and what is their yeses and no. And it also seems like it's always it can always be evolving. If you know, like absolutely, yeah, the boundaries can always be changing and evolving. And mm-hmm. so then you're back to curiosity. Re- curiosity, right? And it requires a lot of com- like healthy conscious communication. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the other feature. Asking what are are things for couples mm-hmm. is really start practicing saying what's not being said. And mm-hmm. so, like, when you realize that you're withholding something, whether it's a compliment or it's, it's something that's going on inside of mm-hmm. you that you need to have change, like, whatever's mm-hmm. going on that you're not talking about mm-hmm. because of fear, because of whatever's in the way, it's taking up so much of your energy and it's really detrimental to your relationship because then when you go to meet the person, this thing's in the way. Mm-hmm. Even then, so as soon as you say it, then maybe the person's going to leave you. Maybe all those fears might happen. Probably not, but they're happening a million times a day in your head anyway. Mm. So just say it because then whatever the relationship is on the other side, it's going to be a lot more real and a lot more room for intimacy. Wow. Vulnerability, mm. authenticity. Right. Yeah. That's it's not what... always easy. It can be ha- so right. fucking hard. But right. when you start realizing the fear is, is what's keeping you trapped uh-huh. and the fear is what's keeping you from the intimacy that you want. Mm-hmm. And then it starts coming out in, oh, I don't have the right to ask for this thing or to be angry for this. So then you're angry because your partner didn't put the, the toothpaste cap on or they right. didn't pick their clothes up or like right. the things that you think are okay to be angry about. Like it's the same with jealousy. Like any of these things that we push away, it mm-hmm. starts coming out in these other ways in our relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's so much easier to just say, oh, okay, I am jealous. Oh, you know what? I am angry about this thing. I, I told you that you could go out on, with this other woman or I told you that you could go have a night out with the guys, like whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then you realize I'm not actually a yes to that in this moment and you didn't speak up. Then that's your responsibility to go and say, hey, that that I did say this was okay. It didn't work for me. Are you willing to hold space for me? Could we renegotiate? Nice. And that and the, and the negotiation is kind of a continual thing based on what's 
Well, that's the only way to have an evolving, like, contemporary relationship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to hold somebody to something that they agree to because like that's marriage vows to me are so ridiculous yeah. because you're saying you have to do this and this and this and for the rest and, of your life. Yes. <laughs> like a, we, we just renewed our vows in Paris and we're like, you have permission to fuck it all up every day. Uh-huh. And I'm going to be right here and we're, and I have your back. Somehow I didn't realize you guys were married until recently. Yeah. When did the winter, what was the original ceremony? Two years ago. Okay, that's San awesome. Diego. Yeah, and my husband gave me away. I'm still technically married to the father of my boys. And he flew out and he walked me down the aisle and handed me to Peter. And one of my other lovers was like our, our, our pastor. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so he did the ceremony for us. We had our friends and lovers around us. And it was amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then you've been, you've been, you guys have been traveling around the world. Um, you know, I marvel at how how often you're moving around. You're 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 beyond me and how often you travel, and you're I don't just. Know that that's a good thing. Right? <laughs> Starting to she slow says, down. She says she says she's going to slow down. Uh, we'll it's see. Happening. It's happening. Um, and you've been leading workshops and retreats. And, so mm-hmm. t- so tell tell us about the work you've been doing. Well, what are you sharing it, with people? It's really all around what we've been talking about mm-hmm. and being able to look into the deepest parts of us that mm-hmm. we think are unacceptable, unspeakable, unlovable, and bringing those parts forward. And because once you're able to say, oh, well, wh- why was I spending so much energy trying to hide those parts of me? Yeah. And you have all this energy free Freed to up. actually step forward into yeah. your limitless ability because yeah. there's so much more on the other side. But you have to be willing to go through the grief. You have to be willing to go through the shit to be able to come to this joy and this bliss. And, and, uh-huh. and it doesn't mean that it's bliss forever. It's yeah. not happy and, and rainbows. Yeah. There's super deep grief. There's super deep pain. And I still go through it on a, like I was just in, in taking a workshop and the first three days they had us make masks and put masks on and just say you know our parents never told us that we we're gonna have to wear masks you have to wear this mask for the rest of your life and so much came up for me of this little girl that never had the opportunity to grieve of like mm-hmm. I came into this world being able to see that people were wearing masks mm-hmm. and somewhere along the line in order for me to survive I had to start wearing masks too and so there's this deep levels of uh, spiraling. So, mm-hmm. so you feel like, oh, no, I'm back where I started or the same story is coming up. But it's not actually the same because there's these different layers. So as you go in the spiral, you're like, oh, so I, I healed this aspect of my sexual trauma or this, this aspect of my mom dynamics, like whatever the piece is. And now it's coming around and now you can see it in a different way. So I love being able to take people deep on a subtle level, level, so that they can start finding those aspects of them that they've hidden or pushed away, or that they they could never dream were possible inside of them. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think there's another aspect of this too. So there's there's the relationship aspect. There's there's the you know the relationship skills that you develop, but also the the living like living your highest dreams or your highest vision like the way you and peter are living is very inspiring to many people to be able to like you know travel the world and go so many beautiful places and amazing places and really be living on purpose and sharing your gifts and your message with the world and being supported financially to continue to do it so i feel like there's something in this spiritual path that you're on that allows that to happen for you is it right like as, as opposed to like so many people that aren't living their truth and they're just in this nine to five grind and they hate their job and they're living for the paycheck and they want to get out of it but they don't know how to get out of it so like how how are you able to live this life that you know is so um on purpose 
Hmm. Again, I think it's it's a longer process. It's yeah. like a daily practice that's yeah. ongoing. Yeah. But it's really looking at the things that have been handed to you that aren't yours. And, and giving yourself permission to explore, be curious, start asking yeah. questions like, is this mine or yeah. is it someone else's? Is this my truth? Is it someone else's? Mm-hmm. And you just start doing that in every aspect of your life so you can actually give yourself permission. And like part of it for me is I, I had a lover and he was like taking people on this taboo meditation. And all of a sudden I, I went to this place of, wow, I just want to kidnap my lovers and take them to a deserted island. And like all this stuff came up and I've worked through tons of sexual shame. But in that moment, I'm just like, what's wrong with me? Like if I told them, they could never love me. Mm-hmm. And so Lawrence is like, okay, Monique, what's going on? And so well, I don't know if you really want me to tell you. He's like, yes. And so I shared with him and he's just like, wow, that's really hot. And like it just opened up this whole other space of even those things that that we think are disgusting or horrible or or wrong about us are usually it's you use discernment on who you share it with because there's some people that don't want to hear but overall you being able to get in touch with those pieces gives you permission to be able to say oh i can go to abisa i can i can go to this place oh i'm going to say no to this opportunity Mm -hmm. because this i need more space to be able to say yes to something here down the road Getting in touch with your highest, yes. Yeah. And then, but I think like a lot of people, they, they, they get up and they get afraid. Like they get afraid of like, oh, I can't do it or it's not possible. So how are you able to transcend that? Lots of practice. Stepping <laughs> forward and being fucking afraid and doing it anyway. Yeah. And, and being held, like that's the bigger piece is being able to allow yourself to be held by community, by your lover, by your family, and allow that love and support to be there because there's all these people around. I've seen not just us, like but everybody has such a network of people that want to help them. And mm-hmm. there's beings, there's universe. Like it, it, I so wish that I could just take a camera around and show what I see every day. Mm-hmm. But everyone has such a support system of their guardian angels, of these beings that are there to support our journey. Mm-hmm. And then there's the human beings too that are like, just say yes, mm-hmm. just say yes and let me help you. And so then when you're so afraid and when you don't remember who you are, then you have these people that can remind the community, you. Community. The Sangha, as it's called sometimes. Love it. And I think like you were sharing about um, about these kind of things that come up in your, in your consciousness and you think, oh, that's a weird sexual desire, or sexual fantasy. Or, and I think to me, like, if we, it's when we can like actually be conscious of those things and just notice them and just it's almost like like a passing cloud it's just like it passes you know mm-hmm. and it's when we try to suppress and repress these things like i always think of like the priests that are molesting these young boys you know it's like because they're suppressing and repressing that desire then it comes out in these weird unconscious shadow ways you know so mm-hmm. i think like so much of what you're offering people is to um acknowledge the shadow mm-hmm. and integrate the shadow so it doesn't come out in these unconscious repressed repressed ways but it just becomes a natural part mm-hmm. of being a loving being being a loving yeah being in the world <laughs> well we had this group share and someone stepped forward and he's like i just have to get rid of my shadow i just right. he, he keeps following me i can't handle right. it anymore right and like we were we were leading the group and so i like pick up a pillow and i'm like here's your shadow and he's like no you need to go away and then like i'm not going anywhere and like by the end he was able to hold that pillow and that's what i think it is it's like befriending this part of you that so many of us are like i have to 
ex- I have to take this thing out of me and destroy it. And it will never happen. Like the shadow is just as much of a, a part of us as our light. And it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like when you go into yeah. the darkness, there's this void. There's a space that you can be in touch with everything. And then for me, that's the oneness that you talk about. Yeah. Is how deep are you willing to right. go into that blackness? Yeah. And then all the light can come pouring yeah. in. Yeah. Well, I was, um, there's a movie called um, Batman Begins. I started watching it on the plane mm-hmm. over here. Have you ever seen this movie? I, I it's, think I it's, did. It's from when he was a... They, they document when he was a child or mm-hmm. his, his path being Batman. But what was really cool, I, I just, you know, I'm on the plane, so I'll just see what this is. So I turned it on. And I thought it was just some silly action movie, but it was actually really deep. Mm-hmm. So this boy fell into a well when he was young and he was trapped down there. Mm-hmm. And these bats came in and they were kind of like attacking him. And so he had this trauma for uh, for bats to life he was really deeply afraid of bats and then he gets older and he starts doing this like superhero training and all this stuff right with all these different people and these these leaders tell him um you in order to become who you're supposed to become you know in order to become the, the man you're supposed to become or the hero you're supposed to come on this planet you have to face your face your shadow i think it was, it was even the exact quote you have to face your shadow uh-huh. yeah so he goes into almost like this kind of deep meditative trance state and he goes back into that time of his life when he's stuck into the well and kind of relives the whole thing except this time the bats come and he's not afraid he's just kind of like just embracing it you know he's, he's, he doesn't he doesn't get all uh, you know he doesn't go in this in this trauma state and so then he like breaks that that spell and the very thing that was his shadow then becomes his power, yep. his superpower, mm-hmm. and he becomes Batman. <laughs> I so that. I was like, yeah, I was like that's 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 it right there. You know, this thing that we're afraid of, if we can just acknowledge that that's actually where our power is. Mm-hmm. It's 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 this part of us that wants to become part of us, and that's the like the non duality. That's the that's the oneness, like you said, to 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 integrate all these parts of that we think are bad or separate. Or it's kind of like to me, it's like the true. Um, the true awakening to, to spiritual awareness is like everything is divine everything is sacred everything is of the same essence oh, that's a Facebook post I made last week uh-huh. one of our wounding is our greatest power yeah and so many comments and so many people yeah they, they're discovering that for themselves too yeah and you're helping people to discover that mm-hmm. so thank you for that is there any last thing you'd like to share that you feel would like you know a message that you feel would be valuable for people this is really taking time to give yourself everything that you're trying to give to other people because I feel like so many of us on this path think that it's all about everyone else and we're trying to connect we're trying to take care of people we're trying to fix all of these things Mm -hmm. and most often then there are all things inside of us that are longing to be looked at or held or loved or fixed and so if you can really make it a practice to when you're trying to go outward and take care of someone else, make sure that you're taking care of you first so that you actually have that overflow to give to other people. Awesome. Thank you so much, Monique. I really appreciate you. And um, yeah, I really appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you too. This is great. Thanks for sharing this. And um, yeah, we're going to have some more co-creations together. So look forward for that, folks. And uh, thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.